Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Roger, Roger. As always, I'm Derek. And this is Charles here, guys. Super excited to be back on yet another very exciting party session of Whoa. the Roger Roger podcast. Derek, we have two very special guests with us today. One is, of course, our frequent collaborator, recurring guest, and our lovely editor. I'm speaking, of course, of Jacob. Jacob, welcome back. Hello again. <laughs> I am back. I'm excited to be here. That's great. We're looking forward to hearing uh, your pitch for today, but we'll get more into that later because first I have to introduce everyone his debut episode here on the Roger Roger podcast, but not his first time in our podcasting universe. I'm talking, of course, about Joel. Joel is our media editor, supervisor over on the Friends Talking Fantasy podcast, and he is our kind of resident movie expert over there as well. Joel, thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. Very excited. Thank you for uh, having me on. It and you forgot is, to mention, uh, he's also a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> well, that's kind of uh, taken for granted here. It's but implied yes. here. <laughs> if you could see our Zoom chat, that would have been um, that would so have needed to go actually, without saying. Uh, st- sorry to jump in, uh, yeah? Charles. What is a Star War, and which side <laughs> am I rooting for? <laughs> so it's kind of like Star Trek, but not really. Um, so live long and fight. Got it. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Dune, but for babies, I guess you could say. Uh, all right. Okay. okay. <laughs> goo goo gaga. Let's get into it. <laughs> That's going to upset a few people. I say oh, it. Will. I say it with love, you know, because everyone's oh, saying yeah. Dune was Star Wars for adults. I was like, well, I kind of get what you're saying, but what does it's that really a bad mean? Description. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> so um, anyway, I was just reversing that. Uh, so welcome. Uh, Derek, you wanted to tell everyone what we're doing here today while we've assembled the, the crew? Yeah, the Fab Four, as they call us. <laughs> That's exactly um, what they call us. Yeah. <laughs> I've been called that many a time in reference to Roger Roger. <laughs> we are doing another spin-off episode. We are coming up with our best ideas for movies, TV, books, whatever type of media you want, and um, portraying it in uh, you know in the Star Wars way. We'd, we've done this a couple of times before. It's kind of a little related to our headcanon episode or our, our um, AU episode, but this is more specifically focused for a media to be seen by people instead of just us. Yeah, we keep the requirements pretty loose. TV show, movie, and Star Wars also is a pretty generous, open-ended kind of prompt. The point here is just to, you know, Disney's pitching off all these spin-off ideas there's a huge calendar that they release every year and you know we have ideas too so we're yeah. here to share those today um Derek uh, who do you who do you think we should go first I think well, well what do you think no I wouldn't hear what you think because I think I think <laughs> I before I you know I think it, it's Joel's debut appearance I think he should oh, be God. going first mm. <laughs> He was also Good idea. very hyped, Good idea. so yeah, I'm on board. That was my thoughts, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I got, I, I'm going to just put some cards on the table, and I okay. want you all to just like say which one you want me to pick up, which deck you want me to play with. <laughs> I'm into it. So, all right. Who likes uh, right before KOTOR, the video game, Knights of the Old Republic? Who mm-hmm. wants uh, something to do with the Chiss? And... Oh. Uh, I got those two as, like, my main two, but I can also talk about a Jar Jar movie I want. Well, <laughs> funny you say that, Joel. We Don't need to talk about this because the one. very first time we ever did this series, my first thing I ever pitched was a Jar Jar direct-to-streaming movie. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It was great. I was into it. I was, it was into not. it. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm going to back off that one then. I'm going pu- I'm to keep that one in my back pocket for another time. It'll be a matchup against yours. <laughs> yeah, but next time we meet, we're going to have to put a screenplay together maybe, shop it oh, around. trust me. I've, I've already written the outline (laughs) (laughs) joel does have a movie background i want to say he works on sets helping out with all the movie magic uh don't need to get feel free to share as much credentials as you want i won't get into it but feel free to brag Uh, if you want to but i've worked on a couple fbi uh training uh movies uh military stuff but also 
Most recently, I did help out on Black Panther 2. So, so you know Ooh, this guy's wow. for real, everybody. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> I didn't take that from you. <laughs> That's, fair. Cool. That's fair. That's so, fair. Uh, yeah, so everyone listen up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, all right, my so vote let's was talk. for Chiss, if anyone else wants to weigh in. The man wants to hear Chiss. Jacob, Charles, what are we thinking? Uh, I'm going to support Derek and vote and vote Chiss. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay, so hear me out. We're all excited for the Ahsoka TV show coming out. We're all we're ready, and we've heard hints about Thrawn coming back, and it's going to be that big old matchup again about uh, dealing with Thrawn, and it's going to be great, and we're going to see maybe Ezra again. Who knows? But it's going to be big, and Thrawn is going to be in it. It's not going to be the main character, and that's okay. Thrawn, even in his book series, the majority of the time, you do not get his point of view. You get the point of view of others around him. Hmm. I don't know. Have you guys finished or read any of the Thrawn books? No. I'm familiar with them. Okay, so I'm going to do some mild world-building spoilers here. And the also, first... if you want to leave any, um, you know, background for people that are listening that might not um, know, are super familiar, please do. Yes. Okay, so Thrawn basically comes from this area of space called uh, the Chaos. It's There's a lot of stellar objects moving around, making hyperspace damn near impossible. In fact, our world of Star Wars barely hangs out in that area of the galaxy. Uh, it's just so dangerous for computers to travel. Uh, spoilers, spoilers, the Chiss live out there, and this guy named Thrawn came and worked for the Empire for a while uh, at, from what his world and, or systems called the Chiss Ascendancy. So here's where I might lose you or I might gain you guys. <laughs> um, I don't want to focus on Thrawn. I want to focus on the chaos and specifically the Chiss Ascendancy. So in the books, uh, you have uh, basically what they take place in and around the timeline of Thrawn's first appearance in uh, Star Wars Rebels. But the sequel, or there isn't a sequel book trilogy. There's a prequel book trilogy that completely takes place in the chaos. And we learn a lot about how the Chiss work. So Thrawn isn't his actual name. That's his core name. His whole name is Mithran Nurodo, which is <laughs> a hell of a mouthful. Um, so the first part of every uh, name for this species belongs to a family, which works a little differently. It's a lot of politics. Uh, you can be adopted, you can come into the family from another family, you can get stolen, for, all for uh, by nine ruling families or the 40 lesser. Uh, so there is a great character who is the head of the myth family, which Thrawn is a part of. Uh, his core name is Thurfian. In this book series, he hates Thrawn. He is convinced this guy's a loose cannon. He's going to destroy the Sith. Uh, he's going to destroy the Chiss Ascendancy. And so he's doing everything in his power in this prequel series to basically get rid of Thrawn. Whether that means dropping him from a very influential family or otherwise. In both book series, we learn about these bad guys called the Grisks. We never have a full conclusion to dealing with them. So here's my proposal. I want to deal with the chaos and how they navigate, which is Force-sensitive people looking ahead in time by about two seconds while piloting a ship manually in hyperspace so they can avoid collisions. I want to deal with that. I want to deal with this inner politic thing that we kind of tried to do in the prequel trilogy and really ramp it up because, yeah, no, there was politics, but now you've got families involved, and those are the ones in the ruling bodies. So now we've got names. We've got heads of states that we know intimately rather than, oh, the Senate will never go for this. It's 
instead, oh, the Arizzi hate the myth. They're going to try and stop anything Thurfian does. Well, Thurfian hated Thrawn, but he's not a bad guy. And I I really want to explore that and kind of do a build-up to whatever happens in Ahsoka. In the back of our minds, we're all worrying, what about the Grisks? They almost took over an entire section of the galaxy that the rest of the Star Wars universe barely knows about. Oh God, the Grisks, what's that? Okay, cool, yeah, Thrawn did some bad stuff, but he's the best guy to face off against them. And I just want to ramp that tension up the whole way through of just, okay, so what's going to happen next? How can Thrawn help us? And if Thrawn can't help us, who's up to bat? Because whatever happens to the chaos regarding the Grisks, if the Grisks win the rest of the Star Wars universe that we all know and care for, they're next. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of going to be the setup for the next section chronologically in the Star Wars universe, in my mind. Interesting. What do you all think? Hmm. Any any add-ons, any ideas, left, right? Hmm. Well, first off, I really, you know, I love the unknown regions, wild space, stuff like that, where all of, you know, the out, um, what's it called? The outbound... Outbound flight, written flight by project. the same author yeah. as the Throne books. Yeah, all of that stuff... So I, I love that stuff. This is really intriguing it, to me. And that, you know, navigating hyperspace without um, the use of computers, it's, you know, that's, I'm, I'm all about that. I got to say, now that you said it, though, I might have just put my foot in my mouth and had a bunch of people who have read the Thrawn books being like, it's not called the chaos. It's called <laughs> wild space. You idiot. So I apologize if I, I got mean, that wrong and just went oh, on and on. You, di- you dipped into Warhammer, didn't you? <laughs> Well, the Chiss call it the chaos. I'll, yeah, I'll I mean, back it's up all, on it's that. all <laughs> point of view. <laughs> From a certain point of view. So exactly. you're thinking like post-Age of Resistance for this kind of... Um, yes. Okay, so... Post-sequel yeah. trilogy, even. Right. Um, we're we're uh, starting to... Or maybe it's taking place during the sequel trilogy. You yeah, know? towards so the it's, tail end. Because I think yeah. Thrawn... The character was mentioned in the Mandalorian in dialogue, if I'm not mistaken. There is a moment that got me thinking about all this. And, you know, obviously a main character in Rebels as well. So there is that... I'm, I was thinking more along the lines of either during or right before uh, the sequel trilogy times might be a good place. If you're talking about having Thrawn in the series, was that what part of the pitch... I want a bit like he—he's this ancillary character who's everyone's talking about, everyone's thinking about. Right. But like, gotcha. It—it's more the—he—he's busy in normal space. What are we doing? Oh no! And ramping up that tension. Right. Kind of how like Hmm. Moff Gideon was kind of hanging out before he was hanging out in the Mandalorian. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. No, that's that's great. Except flipping it, so now instead it's Thrawn as almost a hero esque figure rather than Moff Gideon, where it's like, oh, we heard about like, yeah, there's somebody pulling the strings here who's the bad mm-hmm. guy, and it's like, wait a minute, he he was the bad guy in Rebels. Why is he the good guy now? Right. Why why do people <laughs> rely on him even if they don't like him? Why is he such this big figure we've never heard about? One of the things I specifically like about that is a lot of things in Star Wars are very light side, dark side. It's very Mm. good, bad. And now if you have somebody who, you know, he's gray, if not, you know, he he does what he... He doesn't have an alignment with the Force like this. He works Mm. for who he needs to. He's protecting his own people. And depending on how you look at it, he can either be good or bad, or even by what time period he's in, it's either good or bad. And that's different than any type of, you know, Sith you're going to get. For sure. You know, they're always Mm going to be bad. And even not just good or bad, it's good to get other points of view of 
the same characters across the galaxy. I know they've been dipping into that kind of discussion, like at the last season of the Clone Wars, where certain characters were sharing their point of view of the Jedi. They're like, "Oh, the Jedi are evil, and like they've yeah. caused all this, all these problems for us here in the city." And you're like, "Oh, okay." Like we're starting to see some of that propaganda actually plant roots. But in this case, it might be more of like. This is where we live. This is the governing body. This is who helps us, you know. So th- it's that interesting point of view, pers- change of perspective, uh, just a fresh voice in into the Star Wars universe instead of always like the super uber hero guy fighting super evil <laughs> evil guy. <laughs> and especially if you're talking about bringing politics and scheming into the whole thing, oh, yeah. you need some more of that, some of those gray morality decision making things to be mm-hmm. going on. So I'll be done in a second, but I just want to add a little more context here that is why I love him so much as a character Mm -hmm. and why I want to build things around him and not just about him is because uh, you learn in the books especially, uh, Thrawn is very focused on the big picture and he doesn't uh, necessarily care about good or evil. He He came into the... Uh, normal space, as it were, uh, going, okay, uh, there's there's this huge threat out there that I only kind of know about. I need the most military power that can help me now, and I need to ingratiate myself with them. Who's the biggest military? Okay, Empire? All right, guess I have to join the Empire and, like, start getting them used to my command structure and command style and getting them ready for whatever comes our way in regards to bigger threats. And at the same time, he's completely about protecting his people and helping others is secondary, but it's still there. Mm -hmm. And so adding that on top of the fact that Thrawn has a character flaw that is not explored in the shows, but in the books, it's made very clear Thrawn is, like, the biggest tactical genius amongst the Chiss in generations. The only problem is he has zero concept or understanding or comprehension of politics. Any amount of politics that happens goes over his head, so much so that other characters note note that and realize, oh, I have to be in his corner and help him on that front while he's dealing with all the other aspects. So having sort of this tactical mind be something to that doesn't understand politics could be such a huge driving factor in a political show. It's like, what's he going to do next that's going to affect the political structure? You know, It's the wild card of politics, mm-hmm. even though you can always trust him to do the thing that will help... Uh, as a whole, he's not going to think about uh, the consequences of his actions on a more subtle detail. The bureaucratic level. Yes. Right. Yeah. Not going to yeah. be as subtle as Palpatine was, <laughs> but just <Ooh>. more direct. <laughs> but no. so, so that that would be really interesting, simply because of just on, on again on the political scale, just someone who just someone who's more brash and straightforward gets targeted more often. But you also, but let's see, but like the whole tactical, the whole tactical part of it would just possibly counteract that as well. Mm. You know, just, just, yes, I'll be targeted, but I'll have 15 backup plans just in case that they do. (laughs) Yes. Nice. And I I think also uh, another good idea about this spinoff is that it does really kind of blow the doors open for the expanded universe, which I think there is a core of. Star Wars fans that just can't seem to be happy with what Disney's putting out that might be satiated <laughs> with some expanded lore acknowledgement. Uh, so I think just from that perspective, I, I, it has a lot of curious Star Wars fans that would like to see the EU in uh, in the silver screen. Well, mm-hmm. I believe you were pi- were you pitching a trilogy of books, not a uh, no. So I was referencing it okay. two trilogies of books that I'm trying very hard to not uh, add a ton of spoilers to. But <laughs> um, personally, what I would love is a TV show on the mm-hmm. same scale as like The Mandalorian, because a I want to see a lot of these characters 
fleshed out in who show up in the books as someone who appears on screen. Right. But um, at at the same time, it's like I the the only books I want written about Thrawn. I, I want to be written by this dude. And frankly, that's how it's been since Thrawn was first introduced way back in Legends. He was this huge character in some books. And then the Disney reboot happened and Disney came to him. His name is Timothy Zahn and said, hey, we want you to write more books about Thrawn. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, this is kind of the master of that character, that kind of stuff. So I don't, I don't want to try and get books written by somebody else. Right. And it's got, I want um, to trust him. you know, Dave Filoni and Rebels and stuff. This is a character that he's been championing for a while. So now he mm-hmm. has more control than ever over the Star Wars TV world. So it's definitely not, you know, an insane pitch, but yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's an interesting one to think about, and I appreciate the perspective. What I tell you, Derek, of coming in here with some heavy-hitting EU lore stuff. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can go deeper. <laughs> I can. Before we get too much deeper, Derek, I'm thinking we should hear from our other guest, good old editor Jacob. What do you think? Sounds perfect to me. Jacob, what, what do we got, got for us? Okay, so I am a lover of documentaries. Um, uh, whether, um, uh, whether it be history or, you know, or, you know, anything else, but specifically nature documentaries, you know, via like planet earth or something like that via BBC and such. So I think it would be really cool if, if, you know, we just went system by system and just did nature documentaries for, for the various creatures, not the civilizations, although that could be like a different series on its own. Um, but just the different creatures of of each system, like you could just have, like have an entire thing of just the por- of the porgs as you know as a debut episode. <laughs> the porgs and um, like Mark, uh, March of the Porgs. <laughs> yes. March of the oh porgs. My god. <laughs> oh my god! Damn you, Derek! <laughs> yes, yes. You heard it here and, first. And, and of course, like all you know, the sea creatures that that li- that live in that giant ocean. Or maybe, or maybe you know, visit back to Camino where it's constantly raining, and go, you know, and go, and explain some type of new creature that possibly like forever like flies among the cloud among the rain clouds of Camino, absorbing electricity and using that to just glide uh, forever, and they live their entire lives in the air or something mm-hmm. like that. I would just love a full nature documentary of each system. Uh, that we have visited in Star Wars and just go wild with just, you know, and of course, like, you know, have like the tense harrowing, um, you know, chases between predator and prey, you know, of different things. And then all of a sudden something else happens, like some sand rats running across. Star Wars (laughs) as narrated by David Attenborough. I was going to say, is David Attenborough getting cast in this? The Gungan people are the most interesting species in this world. Here they are swimming underneath the sea. This appears to be the leader. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's go over Naboo's ecosystem. Oh, dude, I am all about this. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. I could especially see, like, um, flying around how, like, Cloud City affects the native gaseous, like, breathing um, (laughs) animals or... Uh, mm-hmm. I'd love to I, learn I, more yeah. about Camino. That planet's always fascinated mm-hmm. me, and there seems to be a oh, whole yeah. world under there. Do the yeah, deep they got sea some kaiju? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> or or just you know, or you know, again, t- Tatooine go with the Banthas and the um, uh, the Sarlaccs as well. Mm-hmm. Hoth, yeah, you can get Hoth the, would um, be great. Oh, Hoth would be amazing. <laughs> get all those snowy creatures. Um, I have to look something up before I say it. <laughs> 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 got a fact, get a fact check. <laughs> oh no! You always no, got to have Wikipedia up uh, on okay. deck. Shout out to our friends, uh, w- Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Dantooine, no. No, Dantooine. Was, was, Dantooine showed up in in the video games, I think, and it was like a Terrace. That's the one. In Terrace, there is. Uh, it's. It's like where you start out in KOTOR, and they have a whole thing 
about this virus that is that's uh, right jumping that's almost like parasitic and mutation like and it starts with like this population of alien like rats that mm-hmm. all of a sudden the entire alien like rats transformed and it's basically you get the hit plague, by it, I mean. it's like a werewolf plague it's it's such a fascinating it's a video gamey concept that oh, got turned into the comics and stuff of oh watch out and you're gonna need to find a cure and oh no but just that concept oh my god i would watch a documentary about a fake uh (laughs) pathogenic mutagenic virus are you kidding me (laughs) and then you jump over to the other side of the system and it's like some little some little creature gnawing on a leaf Exactly. <laughs> oh you know, it totally hasn't gone that far off from this. We've seen though they have like those mood vibe things on mm-hmm. Disney Plus, and just like yep. Yep. biomes and soundscapes and all those things. Just taking that a little bit further and providing oh, I... a little more content and narration <laughs> to what's happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, stop. Hold the phone. Not narrated by Sir David Attenborough. It's narrated James by Qui Gon Jinn, Jar Jar Binks, Qui Gon Neeson. Oh, I would watch that. Coming <laughs> oh my <pretty> god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made it better. Oh, it's that better. would be pretty good. Now you're talking much better than my Jar Jar Binks idea. <laughs> hey, I'd listen oh. to it. Said, said the march of the and, porgs, and, <laughs> <laughs> and you can even go, go go so far as like you know going by different uh, by different Star Wars era of just like you know you know like how has, you know as like a little extra at the end like like Planet Earth does of just you know you know here are the effects of the empire of the of the empire upon you know after the empire had fallen upon the ecosystem and what remains of their machinery yeah here's what how the ewoks repurposed in. the stormtrooper skull uh helmets into drums <laughs> 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 their adaptive oh, abilities are amazing you could even potentially have a different voiceover person for any actor that's just in the studio that day you know for as part of the star oh, wars yeah. or relating to that planet you yeah, know and, mm-hmm. You know all those. That could guys. be cool. Hating Christensen having to talk about Tatooine. <laughs> so now we just need um, a film crew to go get some B-roll of the Arctic. <laughs> get out or, there. Why not? Or, or, if, it, or if you're out in California, uh, redwood trees for Ewa mm-hmm. for yeah, uh, Endor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or just um, get on Jeff Bezos' ship and film an asteroid for a little while and. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Put a little CGI how, on it. You're good to go. I know how to pitch this. That's the thing. Yeah. You start off all exciting, but it's a lot cheaper than filming actual, like, having to do all the CGI. Instead, it's just basic Photoshop. You do a Ken Burns-style coverage or a, or a band Ooh. of brothers on uh, just the Rebel Empire War. And then okay. after that, you're like, okay, everyone loved that. And it was just a bunch of pictures <laughs> that we called hollows. And then everyone loved it. So now we're going to do some nature documentaries and see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. That's how you got to build your way to it, man. Yeah, but yeah. I also think when you build your way up to actually filming these episodes, it's got to be like the ultra hd you gotta live up to planet earth they set this they set the tone here it's gotta be something you want to test your new tv on to see how good it is (laughs) jacob you just unlocked a memory for me so not kotor swotor uh the online star wars game that takes place after kotor um there is uh a it's now on youtube it used to be on the official website of just a Jedi master going through the archives and compiling a whole data set talking about the history of the Star Wars universe from like 8,000 years in the past to (laughs) present trying to pick it apart. So now, now all I want is Star Wars documentaries, Jacob. What (laughs) That's what we need. Okay. 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 Star Wars is missing that document, the, the, the documentary piece. I mean, come on, we already have the action movies and, uh, you know, eventually we're going to get a feel good movie. I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) 
yeah, you I'm know, maybe a rom. Like we're gonna one? we're, we're gonna get a poor we're gonna get a poorly received rom com. Um, <laughs> we're gonna it's get gonna a, a we're gonna get a <laughs> CGI children's movie a la Minions mm-hmm. or something uh, that <laughs> that'll make a billion dollars. It was. Star Wars The Clone Wars, my friend. No, no, no. I'm talking I'm talking, you know, cute and round like minions, dude. That makes like a billion dollars and it's for kids and it's cutesy. Oh boy. And it's taken way, way down. That's what I'm saying is coming down the pipeline. <laughs> you know, because uh, kids love Star Wars, man. So I'm not pitching that, though. That is not something I need <laughs> to see. Idea. No, no, Charles, you're done. Like, Thanks, guys. All right, Dick, what do you have? Yeah. <laughs> Minions, but Star Wars. <laughs> Just basically Ewoks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you're yeah. right. Just so it's, yeah. they just make a movie called Ewoks and they just and they just go chaba chuba chaba and they fart jokes and <laughs> billion dollars later, you know. Well, but um, he was in an Ewoks thing. <laughs> I make it horror. Ooh, well, the game twist. already the game's already did that. Yeah. I don't know if Star Wars will make it into the rated R world now that it's in Disney hands, but we'll, yeah. you know, I would love to we see. Can dream. We can hope. We can hope. We can dream. <laughs> I'd love a to Sith see that. horror story. My God. <laughs> God. Uh, so, man, Jacob, thank you for sharing. You, you shared did. like you a did. culty, spooky noir style. No, didn't I do? No, he uh, no he did he, no he did like Sith kind of, monster movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, alien monster movie. Yeah, I was getting that confused it, with um. Um, Coruscant Underworld. Underworld, yeah. But speaking of that, noir show. Yeah, one of the things that I would really like about this project would be the life, um, like the animal life or the creature life in the Coruscant Underworld. I was already thinking of that. Like as you go down the levels, what is what are the life forms there? What are the ones so far down that they haven't seen people? Coruscant's known as the Mile High City, but as you work your way down, things get much more dark and mysterious. (laughs) Picture here this unseemly creature going for its nightly stroll for food. (laughs) Charles, I think you could be the narrator. I know, right? I'll work for cheap. (laughs) Way cheaper than David Attenborough. That's true. (laughs) Ugh, man. Well, that was... I would definitely love to see that as a fantastic pitch. We're getting all the spectrum here. I'm loving it. Um, Derek, what's what's your pitch? So my pitch is one of the other ones I was toying with. I think from the very beginning. It's one that I never got to talk about, but I've mentioned it a couple of times. Uh, it's a, a just a classic sci-fi, you know, not as, you know, we actually talked about this on FTF once, like, is Star Wars a sci-fi, uh, or is it a fantasy? It's, act, you know, it has a lot more fantasy oh, yeah. elements than sci- traditional sci-fi elements. It's a soap opera. Right. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> this... Space opera. It's about fantasy. Would... Yeah. <laughs> it's about fantasy. Uh... This would be more about traditional sci-fi themes, um, uh, and specifically about are droids sapient, are they sentient, something like that, Mm. and can they develop that? (laughs) There's just a B-1 battle droid like, don't turn me off, please. (laughs) Roger, Roger. And you're like, oh, God. That exists. That's a thing. They've hinted at that already. Space Odyssey. Oh, my God. (laughs) That would be amazing. Charles heard that. Do you want to hear a story? (laughs) So, Roger, uh, we wouldn't go to. Yeah, (laughs) we wouldn't go 2001. I was actually thinking the beginning of the show. Let's say it was you know 10 episodes, something like that. Um, The beginning of the show would kind of be more lost in space, like real old school. So you have maybe um, an empty, abandoned battle cruiser from the Clone Wars, or maybe after the, um, um, the not the Galactic Civil War, the, um, I don't know, whatever the war, the Rebels versus the Empire. You know, you got a, a stranded um, battle cruiser. There's a ton of robots left on it, and they're kind of, they don't have enough power. They're kind of fending for themselves. They don't know what to do. And instead of just letting that go adrift, that's where the show takes place for the beginning. So, you know, you watch them, you get a small cast, you watch them kind of dealing with, oh, what do we do? We have no power. Can we re, 
you know, modify things. Oh, we can't get any thrusters, but we can figure out how to salvage energy and salvage supplies, maybe do a little mining if we pass an asteroid, or can we get the shields back on? So you basically see, like, what the family in Lost in Space went through over episode, 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 episode of just small, um, you know, kind of community building you get to know the characters that each and they're have a trying personality. to get off the planet or what well they're no they're on an abandoned battle cruiser like a star destroyer or like, like a floating Ventador. in space yes but like uh. law like so nobody knows where they are they have no thrusters they're just floating so cut to maybe like 500 years in the future and maybe each episode is a jump further so their Ooh. memory wipes like pile up pile up they develop more and more personality and they kind of tribe of the sith vibes yeah (laughs) and they kind of just keep becoming a whole new thing because and they establish enough of a a community civilization not that they're you know procreating but they have enough power they um they're kind of just wandering in space and they're kind of just doing their own thing Eventually, you know, maybe halfway through the point or maybe episode four in they um meet up with um, whoever is in power at the time, you know, if they got lost well before um, the, you know, the story that we know, maybe they meet up with a clone battalion, or they meet up with a first order battalion, or it's well even further than that, you know, maybe it's the, um, I can never pronounce the name, but, um, but so they get picked up. Maybe this they see an empty ship. It's kind of spooky. Whoever the humans are, or the aliens, and you know, maybe our droids start probing their ship before their ship starts probing this ship so mm-hmm. everybody's on edge the droids are kind of like not loopy but they've been doing their own thing for so long they're on edge and they you know they're acting more like people than droids and we see some sort of conflict arise very subtly maybe you know they keep trying to block their way in and they're like there's no life forms on board what's going on there's no way anything could be doing this on the ship so it gets kind of spooky you see both sides of this like cold conflict until it eventually Mm. breaks out into like either a little um rebellion or fighting maybe things simmer down a little and these um they could be scavengers even and if you know, they um, the droids think they're going to be scavenged or sold off again or, um, you know, memory wiped. This is a big deal to them. They remember what it was like being um, normal droids and they don't want to go you know, that to happen again. So uh, where it could go from here is it's a couple of directions. I think we could either have it be like a droid uprising type of thing and maybe it ends in a blaze of glory and nobody remembers them. That's, you know, or they kind of we get a little political and we talk about if they can get along with the crew, if the crew will help them and can they like spread this out into a planet or a galaxy that maybe, you know, cause sci-fi really like this never has a end resolution or a complete thing, but maybe it gets to one planet and a couple of other droids hear about it. And they, you know, they kind of builds like that and it could go on in any direction from there. Okay. I, so I just had a thought. So one of the things in Star Wars old stuff was like there's only a certain point AI is allowed to develop. So it's artificial intelligence and it's clearly artificial. It doesn't technically have sentience or if it does, it's a limited form of. What if this, it's a show or what if this story is literally the reason why? What if the yeah. end, the big reveal at the end is like, this is why we don't let droids uh, have sentience past this level. This is yeah. why restraining bolts are a thing. What if what if this is at the very end? It's just a small reveal that just kind of blows it out of the water. Yeah, I think that because I was toying with how to upscale it because, you know, I was leaning a little into like the MCP from um, Tron, the master control Mm -hmm. program, or having something like, you know, a um, 
a, a Sith machine that was kind of just like learning and brewing like this, but I wanted to make it a little more fun to begin with. But I could see mm-hmm. that, you know, after eons of just letting them do their own thing, this AI maybe collaborated with the others on board or integrated itself in the ship and upped its power, like intelligence it level. It becomes like a mini Matryoshka brain. Yeah. And now it's just so focused on, oh, we just need to collect more matter for us to keep functioning uh just to power our ships and it's like cool you're starting to do that to inhabited planets you're too strong and you don't realize what you're doing they could end up making like a borg ship out Mm -hmm, of their little mm -hmm. um out of their little star destroyer or something and it could end maybe they're doing you know they're trying to be peaceful they're just they're all they're thinking is hey we want to survive we want to keep building our community Mm -hmm. and it affects the neighboring system that they end up drifting into and it goes horribly horribly wrong after maybe you know uh, the fighting becomes an actual battle instead of just a scuffle on a ship that you know Mm -hmm. i would really enjoy that too or it becomes like this horrible revelation of oh god that planet that we just took a bunch of biomass and turned into energy that was a whole actual like alien race that was sentient and we've lost the ability to communicate with them we can only interface with other machines and they won't let us do that with theirs yeah but i would like the theme of it to be that the galaxy did something wrong you know what Mm. i mean like i i would like you know and we could have the the, the droids fly a little too close to the sun and they end up doing something wrong but it's a part of like the learning process of becoming right. human and that's where like the not the humans but the galaxy at large cuts them off and maybe didn't give them that chance to stumble and then try you know become a part of the galaxy there was no second chance it was just you're done yeah. mm-hmm so the, what I, you know the errors on both sides but you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for sure one of the things that I like about the pitch is the potential for the setting because it starts out initially as like a lost ship just aimlessly in space right with droids on it so mm-hmm. i'm picturing almost like all the life support on the ship being off like it's dark and cold they and... cross a hallway and suddenly there's just a hole out to space yeah past. right right because you don't need mm-hmm. any of the critical life saving functions on the ship anymore you just all you Not literally need is no. power to keep the all the bots running, you know? So your main driver for the beginning of this series is uh, like trying to figure out where to get more power and going from there. And it's a scientific problem that's pursued in a very scientific uh, science fiction way of like how to get access to more power when you're hopelessly lost in the galaxy and you're just a bunch of droids at the very beginning of machine learning I guess you could say mm-hmm. yeah, and then yeah. where you take that from there and then there's just the the potential interesting origin of you know is someone searching for this ship what side was it on who was who what were the living people in it and where did they go it doesn't have to be the focus of mm-hmm. the story but it can be something that you have figured out and only hint at for fans to kind of look for clues and see that's a great know, idea star wars yeah. people oh, yeah. love yeah. that stuff it's like like where's the mm-hmm. people that were yeah, there's one thing star wars fans love <laughs> it's looking at the tiny details <laughs> you know you can have a door extrapolating yeah a door go up in the background and you see like a bunch of bones in a stormtrooper helmet or something from mm, like yeah. from like a hundred well, years or ago random or sigils or like someone could accidentally turn on a recording and walk away because they don't care and it don't plays care, and right? you hear yeah, in no, the background like a captain's like, log of something yeah. every once in a while you know the ship could be like upside down and no one really cares and it's like that kind of stuff you could do mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. it would just be interesting because think they're not things that ships are supposed to do but because it's droids they can do it and when they're talking about critically saving power they'd shut off a lot of that stuff right they no oxygen air filtration whatever they'd be like we're shutting uh, shutting off all non-critical um features and it's just like air yeah. filtration pew 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 like <laughs> all this, like stuff you know and maybe one of the mm-hmm. issues is they have to like override probably something that's programmed in like the machine is refusing to shut off the oxygen pump but we don't need it so how do we get it to shut it off which yeah. is kind of a funny premise and because be episode, who would want to yeah. actually shut yeah. off the oxygen pump you know it that's how you save the day yeah robot yeah it's just like no that needs to stay on <laughs> and them having especially to if shut you have it down. 
because it's a fighting yeah, against their programming to survive. You know, it's that interesting mm-hmm. duality or there. The, or to keep the organic, you know, things alive. Yeah, right. or yeah, maybe yeah, because yeah, they're machines, they just keep it running. It's like that's the primary directive: keep that running. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. you know, it could be an interesting thing. So yeah, from a, and just like I'm thinking of Star Trek and stuff like that, where they have those like kind of. Every episode is kind of a contained scientific problem scenario, of yeah. how do we solve mm-hmm. this one issue the ship is having. It's like it could be like you could have episodes like that, you know. And that's very lo- – that's what I – yeah, it's yeah. very lost in spacey too. Right, Those right, right. old, you know, 60s, 70s sci-fi shows were very um, – just you know, standalone episodes. Sometimes they have a little arc, but that's what the beginning of the show would. I can just be picture like. having yeah. a robot that talks like uh, Captain Kirk. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so well, that's part of it. Yeah, we they must shut off the oxygen. Like, yeah, they develop a little character, a little you know, maybe <laughs> mannerisms, and even as you cut through the different time periods um, of you know the, of the show, you know, fifty years, hundred years, five hundred years, whatever you mm-hmm. want to do. Um, you could see the background start to change. Maybe they actually start to put like art up that they make, or they, you know, how we saw in the, um, you know, they make their rooms specific, or they have like a little um, general store, and they kind of, you're like, wow, this is evolving in a way I didn't expect it to. <laughs> and they're still being droid, so it's like, hey, we got motor oil off of that asteroid that bumped into us, you know. Or, or you know, maybe they like come in contact with humans and they're like, should we shut this down? You know, but it, it, yeah. No, it's it's just, and it brings again like a lot of it reminds me also of of Isaac Asimov's like laws for robotics and stuff mm. like that too. You could play around with fun stuff mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think it's a so, fun idea. Yeah, and I, I, would I re- have to ask before before I forget, Derek, have you read or heard about the Lost Tribe of the Sith at all? Uh, no, I've heard about it. I know that there's a um, a legend story that kind of. I, I I know there's something vague, little something that connects these two, maybe, but that's it. I don't know. So much. I'll be really quick, I promise. But like, I'm seeing a lot of really cool parallels, but it's not being the same thing. Uh, as someone who loved Lost Tribe of the Sith, so just quick rundown. Uh, early, like some of the earliest period in Star Wars history ever. Uh, some Sith crash land on a planet. And uh, they form their own society and essentially very quickly take over a continent and then the entire planet. But they're trapped on this planet because it doesn't have the right resources to repair their ship. And uh, we they're literally just short stories that go, okay, there's like two or three short stories all in the same time period. And then it's like jumping multiple generations each couple of times. And, and it's a setup for them, uh, the Lost Tribe of the Sith, showing up again by chance in the future uh, during Luke's time in the extended universe uh, in Legends. But the thing that got me thinking about that was really you talking about their uh, having them having to reset their memory, uh, the droids, right? And just having these moments where it's like, okay, we have to dump some of our memory here. So in Lost Tribe of the Sith, it it got me thinking about how aspects of the Sith culture had to be drastically changed and adapted for them to remain in power over this world uh, and not have all the Sith kill each other. Right. And that kind of thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it... It just got me thinking about, like, what would that effect be like? And then, like, Doctor Who, where they have that whole war between two sides, humans and aliens, and in the end it turns out, oh, yeah, this war's been going on for generations, but you guys can clone each other into full adults. By generations, it's actually been, like, four days. Yeah, but nobody remembers why they were fighting in the Mm -hmm. first place. Yeah, Exactly, and just having that kind of those concepts playing with the droid aspect i yeah. really like yeah because they could you know maybe you know they it, the, they develop even so far to tell stories and now this is mm. a ex- really long period of time so they forget that they're the ones telling the they're the ones that experience these things mm-hmm. so now they're telling these like boogeyman stories about how humans uh, and aliens and how droids were treated you know back in the past oh, it's still current or like but, interactions yeah. with other they try to preserve the memory of these chance encounters with other sentient beings right they end up uh parting ways 
but they have to reset their memory so they can keep functioning. So they turn them into stories to rem to try and remind themselves about uh, just the lessons they learn yeah. from interacting. And that's kind of where you could <laughs> work in, like I a. Right, you can work in that MCP type of character that maybe becomes the big bad in quotes of the story. That right, you know that he could be or giving the 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 order and or maybe keeping the stories and kind of in control and infect other you know a, a starship that comes too close or something like that. It's like an automated admiral <laughs> on a warship or yeah, something. That, and the rest of the droids are like, yeah, I'm the janitor droid. <laughs> but I know all the other droids, too. It's got legs. And I like the uh, just all these concepts that kind of trudge more into the, like, Star Trek and uh, Lost in Space kind of subject matter. And not having to worry about, like... Who's a Skywalker and who's whose kid and all that stuff. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. We saw that in Visions. Like it's okay to sh just one episode of something that's fun. You mm -hmm. know, it doesn't always have to be standalone. Oof. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no one pitched the Ninth Jedi. <laughs> Listen, I I almost did, but I I wasn't sure how that was gonna go. Over, if you so came I up with a good uh... a whole really good thing for it, I would have been okay. Yeah, oh, there's man. always next. Invite time. me back. I'll I'll do it. Just don't don't listen to our Star Wars rankings episode. <laughs> Four different. I'm disappointed pitches. in you, Charles. About I, that, by the I, way. I said on the episode. I apologized on the episode. I but I stand by my. Uh, I stand I by my decisions. <laughs> I, <laughs> and you can go back and watch that to know what I'm talking about. I feel like I explained myself and apologized um, all in one go on that pitch. But um, today, I'm obviously not pitching the Ninth Jedi, although. I, I do want to see more of that world, and I would want to see a lot of the others, too. This one, I guess, has me more thinking Toby vibes than anything else, and that's only because it's robots doing their own thing, stranded, and mm. like creating stuff. That's but fair. obviously very different yeah. tone you're going for and more science-y than, than Toby, but that's the only one I guess I could compare it to. And that brings me to mine last and, you know, I wouldn't say the best, but I am interested Not in least. this idea. Well, it could no, be. We on, haven't heard Don't it sell yet. yourself short. We'll hear it. We'll hear it. Um, I – this is the a different kind of idea than I've pitched in the past. I usually try and pick like a subject or like a story theme for a show. But this time I'm pitching something that's like more um, episodic and doesn't – transfer over in fact it's not even a story it's it doesn't have canon or eu or anything but it draws on all of those things we do a segment on here every once in a while called who would win but what i would want to mm -hmm. see and i think this is a great thing for like a disney plus kind of thing to pick up is kind of like a who would win battle scenario uh where you pick two people that would never normally fight each other just for timing reasons or for matchup reasons or whatever and put them against each other but the thing is you spend the first like you break the episode down into stages and i guess the first stage is like you present the first guy like let's say oh this is darth maul he's from here he, these are these are his strengths and then you have oh here's um Here's uh, pick someone like uh, Kylo Ren, and he here's his strengths here, and then you could draw on people from the movies, you, their voice actors, their talent, or you could go to Oof. Dave Filoni, you could go to mm. people who wrote books in the EU, or you could go to comic book authors, you can go to fans, you can go to whoever, but show them, give them, give us their background, and let them weigh in on their theory on who would win and speculate like and all that. Very good. Yeah, not it could be a panel, but I was also thinking you it could even be even easier to film than that and just talk to each person individually cut, and yeah. cut it all in. Yeah. Against maybe scenes from the movies, from the shows, stills from comic books, whatever. You build this your could easily you, be short, I've be, seen yeah, YouTubers like do this shorts. and I and I 
love when they do you it. Could do it on the cheap. It's and so with cheap. Disney money. It would be so good. It's like Star Wars uh, scene thirty eight reimagined. If you guys have seen that, yes, right. seen yep. that. and the yep. best part so is, it's like all that build up, yeah. and then do something like that with a matchup. The on best the cheap. is, oh it's my God. free of canon. You can have everyone's favorite guys coming back whenever you want, it, however you want them to do wherever. Mm-hmm. So it's any fantasy you have of people from different eras fighting each other in whatever environment and you get the meta appreciation of people that were involved in the movies the books the comic books the tv shows Mm -hmm. to show their passion for these characters just to have a fun conversation and so however you choose to splice those things together plus you get to see highlight clips of your favorite characters when they're being talked about on the episode right so you get to see all these really cool things and disney has all these assets and all these people that could easily at no cost weigh in and it would be that alone would be entertaining and i've seen a lot of youtubers do that and i love to watch those um Mm -hmm. but i think the added value is obviously getting the actual people involved in star wars to weigh in but then you could even potentially in the end have like a either an like a cgi animated fight sequence like fully fleshed out kind of like maybe a clone war something that's more affordable but still looks cool i'm not suggesting live action guys but you could do that too like dramatic be, reenactment I mean, at the bottom I mean, that's still possible you, you, i mean you, you, however you, much you money you want to put it to it. yeah exactly and they get paid and they work and they put i in know, I know stuntmen that. love doing stuff like that so you get that's them all thing. made up that and you thing. get them to fight because mm-hmm. this is another thing i i just want to see more in star wars i just want to see lightsaber duels or blaster duels or whatever i want to see more of that stuff so this is just a way to do that without having to like write a whole episode around it and then have it for two minutes and then like and it, now, and with, now we've affected canon have... forever it's like no <laughs> it's like you can just no. show two people being the crap out of each other and it doesn't has zero consequences people except fun. fun yeah and so that and would be there to be like a full 30 minutes it could yeah. be like a quick 15 minute 10 minute even if you have like smaller characters or like stuff yeah. like that i mean scene 38 uh reimagined is like six minutes right it you you don't have to do all the build up. It do, it doesn't matter. We're just I love this idea of just having people talking about mm-hmm. it, people weighing in, and then just shooting something for fun, almost like a corridor digital short, mm-hmm. yeah. or uh, just just really having fun. And if Disney backed this, oh my god, the, yeah. it like. The stunt actors love to go ham when they're told, <laughs> "Hey, right. just have fun with it." I think oh. the issue sometimes they'll I don't know if they'd want to say this character would definitively beat this character <laughs> but um, you, would, you would say you like just you put know, a disclaimer you know, you know, at the however front. many you know you can have rematches yeah, and change the setting and change the oh, situation yeah. like you can do all of those the way things. you get around that is say, you say it's like you know 500 out of you know oh well it wouldn't be that it would be like 400 out of a thousand times this person would win this person wouldn't win right you know and that's you know so yeah depending on the Sample sizes right right right. and you pick it you choose a setting you define the setting and the terms of engagement and all of that which i think would be very interesting and you could even have a character at different ages you like you know old obi-wan young obi-wan teen and again adult versus old luke (laughs) exactly it's like the rooster teeth show death battle yes yeah kind Uh, of like what what also came to mind was deadliest warrior from Mm -hmm. deadliest warrior they did one with animals too like what if these animals animals fought each other and you're like okay mm-hmm. uh, this is like that animal planet spinoff yeah what if like star wars characters fought each other and but to me it's the behind the scenes kind of aspect you get by meeting people that were oh, involved yeah. in making it happen edited in with actual scenes from movies and shows and comics as reference because mm-hmm. i might see comic stuff that i've never ever seen which is very likely i've only read a mm-hmm. small a few selections of comics so be like oh i didn't know mole was able to do that in this dark horse comic from the 90s like that's interesting <laughs> and that's what i really stuff. like is yeah. That yeah. Like, you get like, people okay, doing a lore um, dive on mm-hmm. like powers and what people could you it's know, like he do used this of form of uh, of saber fighting mm-hmm. and then he uses this yeah. form and and, yeah. and, and, and 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 you could even have it have it where where it isn't just like a full one on one quote unquote. You can have let's say Thrawn and say 
you know, um, a, a, you know, a small fleet of, uh, you know, a small group of, Thrawn and say, like a ten battle, star yeah. destroyers, like twenty versus, pogs. versus <laughs> uh, uh, Oh my gosh, that'd be a, uh, versus <laughs> so, someone who's equally matched, or you know, w- within within space fighting tactics. Mm-hmm. No, that would be you, awesome. You know, like a fleet you know, for battle. who who were they who they never met and just mm-hmm. pit them against each other. Yeah, Thrawn versus Anakin would be cool. Fleet <laughs> battle. Yeah, the uh, Gungan army versus the Ewok on army the on no, Ewok no, territory. Anakin's not a tactical guy. <laughs> but he had some weird ideas. True. <laughs> and they worked. Yeah. He had some neat tricks. <laughs> so long as you don't throw sand, you're good. Pocket yeah. sand. Pocket uh, <laughs> sand. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's <laughs> my show. Pitch. Different from my usual ones, but um, it's a good one. It's something I'd like to see. Like I've I've seen YouTube videos of just guys super knowledgeable about Star Wars that just do this on their own, um, and they just do voiceover with stills of movies and comics and books and stuff. And I loved watching those. And I was like, man, we need a Disney sanctioned uh, version of this so we can actually see the duels and watch movie clips and talk to the actors or talk to Dave Filoni or whatever and and and, mm-hmm. and get like see some real passion behind some of these characters you know and the passion that goes into making them and just how extensive the lore behind these characters we think we know really is and like that's where I learned about different lightsaber forms and right. how they're favored or weak against other forms and you know that kind of stuff is is always fascinating. And it would me. be so easy to produce; they could do it. You know, yeah, yeah. You send out the animation overseas, let them do it real quick. Make sure it's you know you don't break anything. Be very specific mm-hmm. about what yeah, you want. Yeah, you zoom call Dave Filoni, let him talk. <laughs> right, and then yeah, have like a scrolling out. picture of like a comic go by. Hire some poor and, editor you know? fresh out of college, pay him nothing to smash all <laughs> these things together. And uh, you're good. <laughs> yeah, they, you they got yourself. Talks line. about <laughs> Jedi lightsaber form combat forms. So Mace Windu used Vapod, and right, right. Meanwhile, Anakin Skywalker liked Form Three or yeah, yeah, Form yeah. Two or whatever, and just okay. What are those? Oh, I would, I would, lo- I would yeah. love to have like Samuel Jackson like talk about like just. How, how Mace Windu would beat the other person? He uh, don't don't ju- ju- just 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 bring him into it onto a I, set. I, I sit, love it. Sit him down. Sit him down in it. the chair. He might and, need a script. <laughs> no, no. I this, want him this to just such go a deep. Off. He's no. an actor. Of course, he needs a script. <laughs> no, just just, just, sit, just sit him down in the chair and ju- and ju- and just say, hey, Mace Windu. You know, one of your characters, Mace Windu, is is fighting someone from the from the Star Wars universe. Do you think you would win? And just let him go. <laughs> you know he, he would say. You know, you know what he's gonna say, but you're he gonna wreck that mother effort. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just for that clip. Yeah, just yes. for that right. sound. Then you have somebody else talking about Mace Windu's powers in a more lore-friendly way, and then mm-hmm. it would be great. Yeah, you could have any actor that comes on. I mean, now that it, Disney like owns all of these other properties, all these superheroes now too. You could, but I don't want to start off with that off the bat but once the show starts to get stale then you do like uh ahsoka versus iron man or something situation and see what happens and go from there well now we're getting into litigation with rooster teeth i think but we're disney we own the stuff (laughs) this is disney (laughs) here Fair, they fair. own all the things, so they're lucky they don't get a cease and desist. Exactly, exactly right. <laughs> we're we're pitching on behalf of Disney, not not as another internet uh, property here. When was the last time that they did a Disney-owned property, though? No idea. Mm. I know they do a lot of video games. <laughs> uh, it's been a minute. It's got to yeah, be a Marvel so... <laughs> character. Probably not too long ago, right? They got to be doing the superhero no. They did Storm. Stuff. That's right. They did Storm. Yeah. Sorry, tangent, everybody. So, yeah, it's it's like that. It's that premise, but with Disney resources and, um, right, you know, not made for the internet, made for like fans of Star Wars who want to watch and learn about more mm-hmm. Star yeah, Wars I mean, stuff. They get millions of views. Think about a Disney Plus one. Like they would rake in the dough. Oh yeah, they could put it like, on YouTube like, like and said, rake in the dough there. Like it's like you know, <laughs> 10, 20 minutes tops. You know, yeah, and just easy. do that. No problem. No, no problem. problem for them. Yep. So that's my pitch, guys. And that brings us around the table. We've all... Around the horn. Around the horn. We did the mm-hmm. whole 
thing in in, in just a few parsecs, guys. Nice. We did the Kessel Run. <laughs> oh, God. I actually had a Kessel Run. That was my other... I didn't talk about that one. Maybe next oh, time. Oh, give me Star Wars. I, I don't. Uh, I liked your other pitch idea instead. <laughs> yeah. No, it was going to... Here, I'll tell you real quick. It was going to be Murder on the Orient Express, but going through the yes. Kessel Run. <laughs> Murder on the Kessel Run. And you have to... See, they get caught somewhere and they have to stop for... I, I mean, I didn't want to do it because it was going to be beat for beat the same thing and I was trying to think of how to make it different, but I had a bunch of characters planned out who would be the equivalents because I love that story. And I We think, saw uh, that yeah. movie in the theater together with... We the, the remake, remake one with Ray Skywalker yeah. herself was in it. So now hey. we're, we're full circle now. Coincidence? <laughs> I brought no, it it's back. Coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, we have a spinoff now connecting the two universes. Ray was undercover on the Orient. <laughs> That's right. right. Who's to say? Yeah, she's a Sith Eternal. She's... <laughs> <laughs> and somehow she got to the other galaxy. Yeah, she yeah. went. Um, but this was yeah a long, long time in the future. She's sitting on the Orient Express. This is like she her time a millionth clone of herself <laughs> yeah. that she's teleported into somehow. <laughs> uh, well, guys, this was a blast. We heard it all. We covered the gambit here. Some deep, deep EU, some nature docs, some who would wins, some real deep sci-fi exploration. What is humanity? What is robotics, robotic ethics? We, we covered the gambit and, uh, it was an absolute blast. Um, uh, Joel, yep. thank you so much for making your debut on the show. I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot me. more of you soon, of course, of course. We've got big plans for the holidays that we're talking about um, oh, off to the side. <laughs> we will come together again <laughs> as a team, uh, but we're, we're ironing out details. So nothing yet, but um, all good stuff before the year ends. You're not gonna want to miss it anything else Derek no just thanks to have Jacob on as well it's always good to have on fans love Mm -hmm. him editor Jacob thank you so much for lending your voice and your talent and your perspective to the episode of course always always happy to lend in and you know be a part of the show it's always great (laughs) it's always a pleasure that's why we do it folks the love of the game over here and uh, Derek it's been a pleasure as always I'd agree, Charles. I would agree. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see you guys next time on Roger Roger. Thanks for listening. See you, everybody. Bye. Roger Roger. Roger Roger. Roger Roger.
Who's Roger? 